Hello, Sky friends, and thank you for joining us. I am your host and DM, Scott. As of March 13th, Seasons of Skyrend has officially hit the one-year mark. In that time, our chapters have been downloaded thousands of times, and I have met hundreds of you through Twitter, Facebook, and more. This has been an amazing journey, and I hope that we can keep telling our stories for all of you out there. But since it is our podcast birthday, we feel like celebrating. Birthdays mean presents, and we want to spread the joy around. We have presents for you, but we'd like to ask for something in return first. After all, it is our birthday. And as much as we'd love to give something to all of our fans, our resources just won't allow it. So, we're doing this as a giveaway. Here's how you can enter. First, go to iTunes and leave us a rating and review. It doesn't have to be five stars, but we would certainly appreciate it. Then, take a picture of your review and share it on Twitter by tagging us at Skyrend Podcast and using the hashtag Skyrend18. That's hashtag S-K-Y-R-E-N-D-1-8. And that's it. You're in the running. We will then take all of that positive energy and turn it into physical goodies for some lucky fans out there. We've ordered some more custom Seasons of Skyrend dice trays from NightshadeCreations.com for you to enjoy. If you go to their website and look at the Dish of Shame, that should give you a good idea. Ours have been custom made with our name on the front and the logo from Book 1 on the back. We also have some new dice sets that we want to give away. You have until April 30th, 2018 to enter. On May 1st, we'll have to close off the submission so that we can pick some winners. Winners will receive either a custom Seasons of Skyrend dice tray or a set of dice blessed with some of my DM magic. Which brings us to our next point, winner selection. I guarantee that we will give away at least one dice tray and at least one set of dice, no matter how many people enter. That's two winners right there. If we get at least 25 entries, we'll give away another dice tray and set of dice. If we make it to 50, another dice tray, another set of dice. If somehow you wonderful people push us up to 100 entries, we will give away all four dice trays and all four sets of dice. And you'll make me weep sweet tears of joy. So again, you have until April 30th, 2018 to send us a screenshot of your iTunes rating and review on Twitter with the hashtag Skyrend18 and tagging us at Skyrend Podcast to enter the Seasons of Skyrend birthday giveaway. This first year has been amazing, and it was made possible by all of the wonderful support we've received. Thank you. And now, please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Seasons of Skyrim, a custom 5th edition D&D adventure that focuses on the stories of our characters as they explore the world around them. I am your host and DM, Scott. Hi, my name is Shannon. I play Arnis Grey, or Grey the Great, to my fans. I am a half-elf bard. 
Hi, my name is Chris. I play Vale the Changeling Rogue, sometimes known as Kara Frostfall or Lord Carver Gold Dagger III. Hi, my name is Nate. I play Darvin Grimm, the human monk. Thank you for joining us. Please enjoy this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. Sometimes you have to go back to where it all started. And it's not always out of sentimentality or the desire to see a familiar face. Duty and obligation are strong motivators, and some problems can only be solved by going directly to the source. The funny thing is, nothing stays the same. It is well past the end of a long two days since leaving Honey Hollow. Darvin, Arnis, Sam, and Sniffins retrieved Darvin's sword from Brizendine and Vizcara, now imbued with the Green Dragon's power. In the storm, they also encountered a group of wild halflings, led by the half-llama halfling Theria. She took a shine to Sam, <laughs> but Arnis wouldn't allow any further... delays. Meanwhile, Vale stayed behind at the wagons with the rest of the crew... They were ambushed in the middle of the night by a group of thugs who were probably up to no good, but they won't be able to explain themselves from the shallow snow graves where Vale left them. During the fight, Earl Earl showed some unexpected kindness to Vale by healing them after a deadly blow, but then he also tried to tempt Vale with an easy way to kill Lorraine, which Vale refused. Darvin, Arnis, and the rest returned late on the second night. An exhausted Aranus attempted to play a song to let their companions know they were on the way, but his tired hands dropped to the lute, causing it to crack. <laughs> I forgot about that. Although he still does have the fancy lute from Earl, the alto voice that seems to accompany it fills him with unease. And to make the end of a long day that much more interesting, Earl has been able to wake the comatose halfling woman who seems to be able to connect those around her. The party has four weeks left to carry out Maraska's task, and a long road yet to travel. What do you do? I think whatever we're doing, we're doing on the road. We gots to get moving. So we get moving is the answer, probably. Yes. Okay. You can finish the night and leave yeah. in the morning after you've rested, or you can try to hit the road now. Uh, or should, you can take care of business. We should rest. Okay. We should rest. I mean, I'm really curious... About that woken up lady, but I am so tired. Okay, She will still be woke in the morning. (laughs) Unless she's a late sleeper. Well, that's fine. You'll rest for the night. Darvin and Arnis, you recover from your exhaustion. Oh, that's good. I forgot. Which is why you had that double crit fail. Thank you again. Um, And everyone's feeling very well rested and healed from the previous day's events. And Sam is eager to get the show on the road. Yeah, let's despite roll. the despite the storm that is still active, there's still snow falling. Yep. Let's roll. I have questions about that halfling woman. I think I'm probably just gonna jump in that cart for a while. Oh, yeah, me too. To talk. To you would like to lady. join Earl Earl in that wagon, huh? Yeah, me too. Okay. If there's room. Technically, there's room. It's gonna be cozy now. I'll take um Arnis's usual spot next to. Sam. As we travel, if Arnis wants to go talk to the halfling woman. You're not going to stay with Lorraine. She's tied up. Mm-hmm. That's fine. So as you travel north up the road through the snow, 
Definitely wind. It is definitely cold. But you're fairly well protected here in the covered wagon. So it's now the, f- the five of you. Darvin Aranis, Earl Ulwan, and this halfling woman, who is asleep. But unlike before, she now has a content smile on her face. Like that? Less noisy. So Earl is certainly annoyed by the extra presence in this wagon. He likes to stretch his legs and lounge about, but he's not going to kick you out of the wagon. You kind of are in charge of this whole caravan thing, and you are the ones protecting him. Yeah. And what's he going to do? Get out? We can totally imprison his ass once we take over the city we're taking over. So, do you want to do anything, or are you just chilling back here? I don't want to wake her up. I kind of just want to wait until she's Yeah, it seems awake weird to wake and then her up. talk to her. No, she remains asleep throughout the day. Damn it. But I will give you this, since you're willing to stay back there for a while. As you are in the wagon, sitting in, what, mostly silence? Are you chit-chatting? Let's chit-chat if it will annoy the Earl. Yeah, we have a conversation. I mean, are you just talking with each other? Are you talking to Earl? Probably mostly talking to Darwin. All right. You can include the Earl if it annoys him more. He is certainly trying to avoid being included in this conversation, <laughs> unless you bring something up that specifically interests him. Okay. Got it. But as you're talking, and you keep glancing over at this halfling woman, waiting to see if she's awake, and you don't notice it right away. It probably takes a few hours, but you notice the scars and cuts all along her skin from whatever happened underneath the lake. They're all starting to recede and fade away into her skin. Hmm. That's a good sign. To be clear, not normal. in a matter of hours, not like weeks, months, years. Whoa, this is a really good sign. This is certainly an accelerated healing. Damn, Arnis, you're a good healer. Arnis has not healed her at all lately. Arnis has nothing to do with it. Especially. <laughs> right? He doesn't even have to lift a finger and she just... Damn, Arnis, you're good. Technically, Earl Earl was the last one to do anything to her. I'm still crediting Arnis as our resident healer. <laughs> also because you don't want to give Earl any credit for anything? Because nope. I want to know it. Fine, then. As you're thinking, Arnis, he will be... He will remind you, just so you know, I was the last person to treat her. Oh, right, so right. If she's healing you, if anything, it is due to my of, efforts. Of, of course, of course. And I don't mean to undermine or understate your efforts. But, you know, you're under the supervision of a resident healer, so. You haven't even been here the past couple of days. I did this all on my own. Well, sure, but under the direction and close supervision of our resident healer, who was away on business with me, but I'm sure left you, you know. I would personally wonder whether what's happening to the Havling woman is not due to her and not anything that anyone else did. You're saying it's not your doing. Well, I, like... Oh, come now, I deserve some credit. Well, as, as a healer, then, I'm sure you must know that, like, what's happening to her, like, you can't do that. Maybe I can. And he just, like, gestures over to this halfling woman. Has that ever once happened before when you've healed somebody? I don't heal a lot of people. Has that ever happened before? No. There you go. That doesn't mean it can't happen. True. But I would wager I have healed a lot more people than you have. It's never happened to me either. So I'm guessing that whatever's happening to her right now... Like... I don't doubt that you are the one that helped her kind of come back to life, back to consciousness, but whatever's happening to her right now, I don't think you had anything to do with it. We can agree to disagree, then. Okay. <laughs> so, so days are going to pass like this. Is there anything special you guys are doing during the trip back north? Nope. 
she doesn't wake up after that first day, I'm probably going to go back up and sit with Sam. So I'm like, I can't, I don't want to spend, like, every day in the cart with Earl Earl. Yeah, I guess me too. <laughs> Annoying him is fun, but... It'll get old. There's a limit. You've certainly annoyed him. I do not want to antagonize him. Oh. Yeah. And although the halfling woman does get a little restless and does turn, you can hear some slight mutterings under her breath. She doesn't fully wake up. What does she turn into? A side sleeper. <laughs> okay, then. It's a few days before the snow starts to let up. The road behind you certainly has been covered. It's not in as good condition as when you first came south this way. And as you approach Medullary Hill... <gasps> wow. <laughs> there are hints of dawn in the distance. And you can make out several silhouettes of people digging and dragging objects across the ground. Their voices carry on the wind. Although you can't make out the words, you can tell by the tone that it is largely good-natured. Well, that's good. The road doesn't pass through Medullary Hill. You don't have to go there if you don't want to. But there are certainly people there. No skeleton prints, though, so it's not like you've got to do anything special here anymore. Oh, wait, so, like, it's populated again? But there's, like, people there doing stuff? There's people there doing stuff now, yeah. I don't think we have time to check this out right now. It's interesting, but we're in a hurry, right? Yeah, I think so. So we should maybe make a note to try and investigate this after? I'm curious as to what's going on. Ask a person as you pass by. Here's what I will tell you. The road does not go through the town, nor does it go close enough to the town to be within talking distance of these people. So it would be out of our way to do that. It would be, like... 20 minutes out of your way to go talk to these people. Well, that's still not significant. That, that being said, you know, if you keep up a good pace, you will get to Karami with a few days to spare. Oh, we yeah, should do that. Got it. So 20 minutes. 20 minutes does make a difference in this okay. case. All right. On the way back then. Okay. I just want to make sure you guys knew the facts. <laughs> because you've come down this way before. Sam has certainly traveled this road before. He can tell you stopping for an hour won't kill you. Stopping for a day could be a problem. We need to be plotting, don't we? I've got plots. Yes. Do you? I mean, you should probably be plotting together unless I someone mean, is making secret plots. Do you not need to tell us your I, plot? I should arrange a time to have that conversation. <laughs> Out of earshot of the There Earl will definitely show. be a time before you get to the city where you can stop and plot. Out of Earl shot, I mean. Yeah, definitely out of Earl shot. Definitely. Okay. You continue traveling north, past Medullary Hill. And for the first time in... Months, you see the sun. You have an afternoon. It is warm and refreshing and energizing. Sweet. The animals certainly enjoy it. And time passes as you continue traveling north. And you approach the crossroad that leads to both Fort Barberry and Old Barberry. And you here, you recall your first interaction with Gosram all those months ago. That was fun. Yeah, fun. <laughs> We only had to kill a couple kids. <laughs> the main kids survived. Oh well, something else we'll check up on later. But today... But today the road is peaceful. You can see an older couple making their way to the fort, a weary mule loaded with their belongings. As you look to the fort, the kobold air squads are patrolling the skies. There are far more today than the last time you passed through this area. Anybody want to stop in Barberry? No. Either of them? Okay. Heck now. I didn't want to introduce a new location, but going past old ones, I didn't know if maybe you wanted to go see how Catalina was doing, or if you wanted to let Sam visit Marada. We I are. Do. Um, I do, but 
we're under a weird time crunch, and so I'd rather have a couple extra days in Karami. And we are probably in case something still goes terribly wanted wrong. Wanted at the fort. We're still wanted in Karami too. Yeah, but Vale has a plan uh, for that. Yeah. I don't know what it is. And but... I don't know that the well, fine. The You're... Barbary would like us very much either. When last you left, they were all still oh, yeah. very confused as to what actually occurred during that whole event. We and did. Every... Sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, and everybody that you encountered after the event just seemed to be kind of out of it and still friendly to you. Yeah, we did try to help them. I don't think they would know that that wasn't our fault. Maybe. Hmm. But you continue on past Barberry, both Fort and Old, and as the gates of Karami come into view, days and days later, you notice a short line of travelers and merchants waiting to get in. The gates are shut. An armed guard is questioning those seeking entry. A pair of archers are perched atop the wall on either side of the gate. What do you guys do? Now is probably the time for planning. Yeah, let's plan. Vale's got a couple of plans. We range from... We sneak in at night and kill him at night to more elaborate than that. Right. Right now you're still outside the city and you need a way in. Yeah. So I guess the first question is, do you all want to go into town, or do we want to just sneak in, do our deed, and leave? I mean, that's probably safest, sneaking in, doing our deed, and leaving it. Theoretically. Okay. Though my brain is filled with crazy and fanciful ideas of staging some kind of coup, it's probably safest not to go there. Well, okay, so Vale presents that plan as the, okay, that's the obvious plan. We sneak in at night, we kill him in his sleep or whatever. There are natural challenges with that, though. Being that, A, you two are still most likely fugitives. So if anyone sees us, the sh- plan goes to shit, and we have, we're going to have to fight our way into and out of. Right. Plan B, Gerald reluctantly presents the idea that we convince the Earl, through Arnis's ever-improving skills of uh, persuasion, to mark the two of you as emissaries or people under his employ. Which could, most likely, given his power, get us into the city. Ooh. I, and Vale would sigh at this, disguise myself as an earl. One of his own servants. Wait, wait, wait. You're disguising yourself as Earl Earl? As an earl. As one of his servants. Wait, wait, that, that doesn't make any goddamn sense. None of the earls were servants. Well, yes, okay. One of his underlings. Clearly he is your Earl Earl, all the other Earl Earls are not equal the, to him. They all in acted as Earl Earl. Like, if you want to look like Earl, you can. I'm not going to stop you there. But if you're going to say that you're the Earl's twin and just happen to look exactly like him or whatever, that'll be a tougher sell. I would steer um, into his whole Earl Earl is hundreds of Earl Earls lie. Well, I mean, unless we're bringing in Earl Earl, why don't you just go as Earl Earl? Okay, you can do that. Additionally, is there a possibility for Arnis to help disguise Bulldogs? Because that's a thing Arnis does. Obviously, right? yes. Yeah. Vale, my only question then is if you're going to disguise yourself as Earl Earl, do you tell him? There, there's more to this plan. Okay, yes, I assume um, so. I'm just trying to. He's kind of an integral part of this version of this plan. Is that we use him and his douchey earlness to get us into a face to face meeting with the Count, and then we kill the Count in the meeting. Like it? As a coup to let the Earl take over. To let the Earl take over. Oh, no, To let the actual Earl take over? Yeah, let Earl Earl take over. So we would have to talk him in 
to believing that there's a reason he needs or to take over. Or we just kill Earl Earl 2, and I take over as Earl Earl, and then... And then Darwin <laughs> dies. And then set up a uh, uh, set up one of the members of the guild that wants to take over in my seat as I go off into the sunset. And then, and then I need a new character. <laughs> and then Arnus just there, but there are degrees of things we can do after Earl Earl takes everybody. over Karam. Right. It's an interesting plan. The third option that Vale has, which is the super subterfuge, subterfuge option would be to play all of the guards against themselves by entering town as the Count himself. Okay. So I would enter with Arnis and Darvin, not as prisoners, but as witnesses that I intend to question, and heading right straight for the chamber, and then we kill him as me looking like him. Ooh. These are all very uh, actionable ideas. I like that one. There's also up to third options. But or fourth, or fourth options. options at this point. So Sam stops the wagon before getting into the line to enter the city. And you all have as much time as you need, sorry, as much time as you want to take here outside the city to discuss your plans. At this point, you have three days to carry out the assassination of Count Valance. Which is enough time. So you all have time here to discuss this. Vale has put forth a number of options, being the conniving, sneaky assassin that they are. They're good options. Um, You guys are more than welcome to follow those ideas or present ideas of your own. I just want to know how this is going down. Well, Arnus is willing to admit admit that at this point he's out of his element, right? Like, this is not, this is not a thing that I'm good at. Darvin So he will defer to more adept people. Okay. Darvin, you're feeling a little out of your element with the whole, like, Sneaking around part, or the I mean, like the lies and the planning part. No, those things I can do. Just that you know, I'm used to murdering like nobodies. Mm-hmm. Is there a That's way? True. Not so much high ranking. Darvin, remembering that your monastery has power in this town, do you know if there's a way, or would Darvin know if there's a way to get us to sneak us in the town? Ooh. Would I know that? Hmm. I don't remember, anyways. But we haven't discussed it before. But it's certainly possible that one of your missions led you to somebody who was outside of the town, whether they were on their way out and you needed to kill them before they got too far away, or they were camping outside the city walls, or they were in one of the coal mines or out hunting. It is certainly possible. So let's have a roll here. Right. Um, I want to say this is history. Whether or not you or perhaps yeah. someone you worked closely with Dusty, perhaps, your old roommate, um, ever went on one of these missions outside of the city, and you learned about it, either firsthand or secondhand. Okay. So go ahead and roll with history. History sounds fair. Ready? Ten. Here's what I will tell you. The city does have walls. This is very obvious as soon as you look at the gates. The walls go out. But you also know that the walls don't completely encircle the city. There are areas to the north and the south of the Stone Pass... Or it gets a little bit more mountainous, a little more hilly, there's ravines, and just running a wall becomes impractical. You cannot physically, like, encircle a city in the mountains with a wall and have it be effective. Not unless you're making incredibly tall walls and having them manned, like, at all times. Not thinking about the southern border at all right now, I fucking swear. <laughs> this is just geography. Um, so you definitely know that there are places... There in the mountains where it is possible to 
get past the walls and end up at the Stone Pass, the main connector between the east side and the west side of the city, without going through any official gates. And then, of course, there is the hunting trail that you guys all took on Lord Robin's birthday, which is presumably less guarded than this one. Mm, because it is a hunting trail. Yes. Got it. Both of those seem better options for getting in, even if shit goes south. Than just riding through the main gates. Just riding through the front door, yeah. It's true. At the very least, we should use the hunting trail to look like a noble party coming back from somewhere. Mm-hmm. So we could use that to get in. At least if to get into town. Earl, Earl and his influence to get us in through that gate, that might be successful. But we'd have to decide what we're telling him, right? Probably need to let Earl Earl in on the plan. Yeah. If that's like if that's the plan, right? Yeah. Like, Which means we'd have to convince him that murdering the count is a good well, idea. We'd have to convince him that. You don't have to talk convince to him we need to get into town. Uh, yeah, that's really all he needs to know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he doesn't even know we're wanted here, does he? No. Not unless any of you told him during the travel up. So he would, does not know. So we would have to explain to him. Or at least, you know, we might not have to tell him the truth. But we'd have to give him a reason for why we need to sneak in in the first place. <laughs> and of course, if you go to the hills near the Stone Pass, or if you go to the hunting trail entrance, you cannot take the wagons. Oh, right. There is no road directly there. Okay. Oh, which means that getting Lorraine in is going to be harder. Yeah, make a walk. Sam will be more than happy to take the wagons in through the front gate himself if you need to take another entrance. Um, are you including him in this planning? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In which case, we'll talk, yeah, you know, I'm coming in and out of this city fairly regularly. I, I haven't seen this type of guard before, but yeah, I can get in if you guys need to take another way. And if we need to keep some of the others in the back, that's fine. I think our best bet, probably, if we're going to split the group, is to leave the halfling, halfling woman, at the very least, and, like, with Olwan. And if you wanted to leave Lorraine in there, too. Oh, I'm not leaving Lorraine out of my presence at this point. Okay. But, like, the halfling woman isn't going anywhere. No. She can stay in the wagon. I would leave Olwan with her, but I don't think there's really any danger to her if you don't. From where we are, is it possible to see how thorough these guards are checking people as they come in? Absolutely. Because this is not a fast-moving line, I'm not going to worry about rolling perception or anything like that. They're certainly questioning every every person who's coming up on foot. Anybody who is on a wagon, they are questioning the driver. They are giving at least a visual inspection. If it's a covered wagon, they're parting the curtain in the back. Just looking back there, if there's some people back there, they will ask them, oh, hey, how do you know the driver? What's your business here in town? But they're not going through and opening up boxes unless they have cause to do so. So we could just smuggle everybody in. It would require, at the very least, successfully hiding the two of you. That's pretty much it. They may question why Lorraine's tied up if they see Lorraine. I guess that's fair. Although we could hide her too. Even if it means we have to knock her out. But really, I could probably convince her you need to stay still and be quiet if you want to live. You could do that. I think this might be the best way to get us in, but also I'm up to I'm up to other thoughts. I think you're better off just like stashing us in trunks or putting us under piles of something. Okay. Well I'm I'm the one with the highest well, Darwin's stuff is pretty good. Yeah, not as high as yours though. Mine is <laughs> plus seven. Okay. Well, Damn. <laughs> Shayna, why don't you come over here and hold this child so I can roll some stealth checks? You're not going to be rolling any stealth checks. Why do you need to stealth? Because I'm going to help them stealth. Like you're going to hide them yeah. or you cover them up with stuff? Yeah. Mm. We're still going to have to roll, right? I mean, I mean you're can... still going to have to roll too. But um, 
Okay. Uh, Vale, I will let you help them stealth. Either you're putting them in crates or covering them with stuff, and it's just a matter of how completely you cover them. And success or failure can give them bonuses or penalties. I also need to talk to Lorraine. I know. I don't want to do that either, baby. Okay. You want one? Two checks? I think just one will be fine, um, unless you're hiding them in completely different areas. 22 total. Alright, tell me how it is you are hiding Aranus and Darvin in the wagons. Mm-hmm. And in which wagon? Put them in the wagon with Lorraine. Okay, in the rear. Uh, put Darvin in old fish turkey barrel. <laughs> oh, Darvin, you're gonna stank! <laughs> For uh, Aranus... Bury him under a bunch of winter clothes that we don't need now, because we're in autumn area, not winter area anymore. All right. I think, yeah. I think both of those can play off that one role. Darvin, as long as you're fine getting into a barrel that reeks of fish. I'm going to complain a lot about this later, but for now, (laughs) it seems unimportant. The whole factory aspect of the plan. So Vale pamps the the barrel lid closed, and Darvin, you're fairly, fairly well secured in there. It would take a strong shove to get out, but it is improbable that you are stuck in here. Okay, good. So, unless you double crit fail. <laughs> and Arnis, you're just buried under furs and leathers right now, and it is the toastiest you have been in a while. Oh, like a, so a little cozy. sweat happening. Take a nap. Oh, yeah, you could easily fall asleep here. And then Bailey, you need to do something with Lorraine. I'm gonna tell her that she needs to A... She doesn't want to die prematurely. Stay quiet and do her best to not get found. And then I'm going to, um... <laughs> and I just kind of snig. And then I put the blade back. Roll intimidation? <laughs> oh, great. I got a plus one to that. Oh, that was a crit fail. Awesome. You're not getting rolled again. She did not crit fail. She rolled 16. And you see her eyes smile, and she just nods. I have more insight on that. <laughs> sure. Oh, fuck. That's uh, a six. It's difficult to tell, since she can't use her words, what she might mean behind that. <sighs> I bury her under blankets and tarps and other things. Okay. Are you telling Earl Earl anything? So, I tell Earl Earl that we're going into town... I come to him looking like Lord Carver. Um, I tell him, as far as you're concerned, the only people that you're traveling with are myself and Sam and the people in this cart with you. And why is that? Because... Oh, I tell him. Pardon me, just telling the truth. I like that he's mm-hmm. going to the Earl after he's already buried me. We, I didn't know you were going to... Okay. We did not think of that. Because Darvin and Arnis have enemies in town and we don't want them to know we're here. That's not entirely a lie. No, no. That's not a lie at all. not a lie at all. No, it just changes how he's going to respond to that. It is a sanitized version of the truth. I approve. And, like, a spark of interest enters his eyes. Ooh. What kind of enemies? Those that would want them dead. I see. Very interesting. I kind of get it for one, but... Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Well, if you can get us into a city proper and off the roads... I'm all for it. I would love to have a bath again. A roof again. I'm sure you can put me up in a very nice, uh, in some very nice accommodations. We will make sure that we find the best accommodations for you that we can once we get into town. Excellent. He's on board. 
full on nods in agreement. I explain, uh, well, and uh, Sam is in on the entire Yeah, yeah, Sam's in on it. He's good. Okay. And one by one, everybody in this line is let into the city until it is your turn to enter. Where are you at, Vale? I'm riding up right next to Sam. As trying who? to hide it all. As Lord Carver Golddagger Third. Okay. Question for you, then. Yes. Does your mentor in the denouement, Jorion, does he know this face? Yes. Okay. He would know the two that I would use most commonly. Okay. And as you come to the front of the line, the guard will hold up a hand and Sam will bring the wagons to a stop. Hello, travelers. Can I get your names, please? And Sam will, of course, give his name. And I give the haughtiest of introductions. His name <laughs> Gold Dagger III. You can just imagine that if I was standing, I would be taking a flourishing bow. I mean, do you stand at the front of the wagon no. and do a bow right no, there? It's falling off the wagon. <laughs> okay. I tip my. I tip Nobody my fancy hat. Nobody wants to fall hat. off the wagon. I tip my fancy hat. But the gesture is implied, and he can hear it in your voice. He holds up a hand. All right, yeah, very good, sir. Business in the city, please. Uh, I'm gonna let Sam answer that because Sam's the traitor. Okay. You are silent for a moment, and you and Sam exchange glances. And he goes, "Oh, uh." I, I'm a merchant and a trader by trade, seeking to do some business and have a few nights off the road. Just came up from the south and am eager to get into a warm bed, which is definitely not a lie for Sam. <laughs> and the guard nods. All right, then. Just be a minute. Let me take a look over your supplies here. If everything checks out, we'll let you in. No problem. First, he goes to the front wagon. And upon opening the flap in the back of that, he sees Earl Earl and Olwan. Oh, more people. I wasn't expecting that. Names, folks? And Olwan introduces himself. Uh, the name's Olwan, sir. Uh, traveling here with my friends. And Earl Earl does his best to stand up in the rear of this wagon. Kind of gets up on one knee and one foot. And he does do the little implied bow. I am Earl Earl of the city of Earl. <laughs> now he's real cute. <laughs> and my business is my own. Guard. Nice. And the guard, oh, very well, my Earl. Did not expect to be traveling in such humble means. <laughs> uh, if you don't mind, I'll just take a look around real quick. What's going on with that lady there? And Earl will explain that she's a patient. We came across her injured on the road, seeking to bring her back to health. And guard nods. And then he goes to the rear wagon, where the three of you are all hiding away. He flips open the flap and takes a look around. He sees a bunch of supplies. And I need Darwin, Arnis, and Lorraine to all roll stealth. You will have advantage thanks to Vale's expertise in hiding you. This is mostly just keeping quiet rather than being seen since you are out of sight. Hey! hey, hey. Yeah. New dice for the win. I crit. 25. Right now, Vale better be really happy that Lorraine is also an assassin <laughs> in stealth. Because she rolled a six and a five. She's been bound and gagged for weeks now. And even just trying to remain still, so every once in a while, you get a bunch of saliva in your mouth and the gag just gets in the way. You gotta clear your throat. And it's as the guard is back here looking that she has to do this. And guard... God bless this guard. Rolls a four. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> Good guard. He takes a look around and satisfied that this all looks like traveling and merchant equipment. 
gives a light pat on the wagon. Seems pretty satisfied with himself, like he's done his, a good job today. And he returns back up to the front where Sam and Lord Golddagger the Third are waiting. Okay, folks, it all checks out. Mind yourselves in Karami, of course. Keep your noses clean. Well, if you mean to be here more than a day or so, I suggest trying to get to the east side of the city. But that's all on you. You behave yourselves now. And he gives a pound on the gate, and it opens up. And Sam is able to bring the wagons into the west side of the city. Vale, since you and Sam are the only ones who are actually out and can see, this is more for you. But mm, Darwin and Arnis, you can certainly hear like activity in the city, so you may not know this exactly, but you'll be able to get a good sense of it. Making your way into the west side of the city, you immediately notice things have gotten worse. There are no other guards in sight, but there are many unsavory people strutting along the roads with weapons in full view. Looking back to the gate, you see an armored wagon with a sizable mounted crossbow on the top, nearly the size of a ballista. It was never great on the west side, but now it has an almost lawless feel to it. Where are you guys headed? My thought is to make contact with my mentor. Jerian, yes. To drop off Lorraine and see if he can't help us find a place to kind of stage for the next step. We're in. We need a place to kind of plan and move from. Smart. Okay. Do you want to take everybody with you to do this, or are you and Lorraine going solo? Mm, no one. Lorraine. Um... She is still bound and gagged, yeah. and she does not have any weapons with her unless you gave her one. No. <laughs> Yeah, I know, right? That would be yeah, silly. No, that would be bad, yeah. I just want to give um, you like a sense of scope given here. Given the lawlessness, I feel like I could go out. We could find a place to that's kind of off the road, like an alley or something, to stop the wagons. Let these two out so they could kind of watch the group. Then I could sneak off into the town, find my connect contact, and come back with him or with a location where I could meet. Or we could stay and I could leave Lorraine. Like, I don't want to take Lorraine with me. I feel like one on one, Lorraine and I are well matched enough that. Even though she's pregnant, I could risk losing her. Or someone in town's going to see her, recognize her, and send her. It's not going to go well for me if it's just the two of us. So, passing by the stables, you direct Sam to an alleyway. Okay. And yeah, you guys are parked in an alleyway. Cool. Can I take off some of my fancier-looking stuff? I don't look like a target anymore. Um, and then I'm going to go open <laughs> Good thinking, because I was going to fucking mug him so hard. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go uh, open up these guys hiding places in London, Milwaukee in town, and kind of what I've seen and what it looks like out here. West side of Karami is definitely a little bit more rough and tumble than it used to be. But you emerge. Arnis a little sweaty. Darvin, smelling a fish jerky. Mm. Oh, that's a good smell. So... You're all in an alleyway here. People aren't really hanging out in the alleys. They're not super safest of places. There are people walking across the alley at the other end, just passing it by. People might look, see a wagon, get a little suspicious, but they keep moving. They don't know what's going on. What are people doing? I'm going to tell them my intention to go find someone that can help take care of Lorraine if they can stay here. While I do that, I should be back as quick as possible. All right, we can stay here. So, Gold Dagger's going to take off. Everybody's staying behind here in the alleyway. I like Um, But before Gold Dagger takes off, ladies and gentlemen, we're back in Karami. Mm-hmm. Gold Dagger is going to change their outfit and walk around town as Kara again. Because mm. <laughs> Kara's not wanted in town. Smart. And Kara mm-hmm. knows people in town. These are both true things. Kara Frostfall is not a wanted lady. She can certainly walk the streets, 
as safe as any other person of the city. Back in your bar wench outfit, too? Uh, with my arm running. Yeah, yeah. And Kara Frostfall disappears into the city. Meanwhile, the rest of you are just sitting in an alley. You're just hanging out? You're doing anything? I'm chilling. Chilling. Probably sitting on the whatever side is facing the street, just like kind of sitting, yeah. watching, observing. And people are walking right to left, left to right. Some of them are glancing down the alleyway, and they see you. What are you guys decked out with right now? Like my kind of standard traveling clothes, so not mm-hmm. my like fancy bard outfit. You got but... your loot on you, got your bagger on you. What's up? Yes, and yes. Okay. I don't think I have any clothes that's not either heavy winter wear or month monk clothes. Okay. So what are you in? Probably monk clothes, because definitely not winter wear anymore. You got your new sword on you? Yes. His new old, old new sword? New mm-hmm. old sword. His sword newly formed. In which case it's about twenty minutes before a small gang of unsavory folk darken the end of the alleyway. Cudgels and daggers drawn. And they approach all of you and the wagons. In the wrong part of town, folks. How many how many are there? Four. Lesson you wanna just leave us your wagon there. Take some advice, kid. Turn around and walk away. What? Fancy man. With your pants that don't got holes in them. Your loop. Am I out, I'm out where you are, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. I just kind of want to, like, nonchalantly, non-threateningly, because I don't want to undermine Arnis's efforts, but just kind of, like, you know, put a hand on my you're sword not, hilt. You're not undermining my efforts by doing that. <laughs> put your hand to your sword. Not drying it yet, just, mm-hmm. you know. Making sure they know you're armed. Yeah, yeah. In case they missed that fact. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And they'll turn to you, Darwin. Oh, well, it doesn't have to be messy. You can just walk away. Nobody gets hurt. Or Actually, I'm not going to talk. That's our honest thing. You're playing bad cop right now? Or yeah. intimidating cop? Silent but deadly cop? <laughs> <laughs> exactly, gentlemen. Turn around, walk away. What are you doing to reinforce this statement. Is this just words? Is there action to go along with it? It's just words. I'm probably, like, playing a little bit of a tune. Just, like, it's basically saying, like, you don't scare me, man. Just go. Oh, you're playing your... Which loot do you have? It's the, like, creepy loot. The, the fancy <laughs> loot the eight, with the alto voice? It's the eight-string loot. So I'm just, like, playing a little tune and then going, no, really, guys, walk away. And so there's this weird, like, creepy voice happening, too. Yeah. The alto <laughs> voice is joined, not with words, but just, like, singing, like, bars. Yeah. Uh, trying to, like, match what you're playing on the lute a little bit. They're getting a little weirded out. <laughs> One of them's gonna hold up his makeshift club. I don't know what you're doing, but you better stop that before I break that. At this point, I'm gonna draw my sword and just kind of, like, examine it. Not like I'm, again, not brandishing it, just like I'm looking over it. <laughs> And kind of like whistle nonchalantly. I love that so much. And I'm just going to say... <laughs> Running your finger along the jagged yeah, teeth yeah. that have been carved into it. Wait, what did they just say? They just said stop it. Yeah, or they're going to break it. Or they're going to break it. What are you talking about? I'm just sitting here playing. If you don't like it, you can... <laughs> but I'm making no attempt to intimidate these guys at all. I'm just like, you should just go. <laughs> You're not very intimidating. Darwin's half-taking action here. And one of them, the smallest guy in the group, holes all over his clothes. He's dirty as hell. And he's got just, like, a table leg as a club. Nice. 
and he's gonna rush forward towards Darvin. He's the one with the weapon. You're making noise, but Darvin's got a sword <laughs> in his hand. That's scary. I guess that's true. What are people doing? Is he physically attacking me? He's gonna. Like, I don't know if you want to meet violence with violence here. Oh, I... Whether um, or not we need to get into initiative. Just a table leg? Oh, we probably yeah. do. Hang on a second. If it's just oh, a that. table leg... Hang on. These guys are clearly just a roving street gang. And you parked a wagon full of goods in an alley. Yeah, we don't need to cut these guys up or anything. I just... Oh, um, Something stupid. I'm um, always for stupid. I know. I don't want to hurt them. I don't feel the need to, right? They just, like, they're trying to survive, right? Um, they view you as an easy target. Yeah. And a source of money. Yeah. Truly the best thing to do would be just scare these guys off if you can. We don't want to draw attention to ourselves by making a big bloody mess. So what are people doing? He's charging Durbin. <laughs> okay, they already think I'm creepy. So... Use that to my advantage. Can I just take a defensive posture so when he gets to me, I can, I don't know, whatever that means, dodge or block or something? Well, uh, if Arnus is doing something that's going to get us into combat or oh, initiative and see what happens, okay. yeah. um, but I'm very curious as to what Arnus has planned there. It okay. probably will, but I'm trying to get us out of this fight. He's fairly close, right? Like, within 30 feet? Yes. Yeah. I want to, uh, I want to cast blindness on this guy. Okay, we're going to go into initiative. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> that's not like a fear. That's not like a passive fear, fear thing. Would be, fear would do the same thing. Like anything I cast on him is is gonna be. Yeah. Okay. You are going to take aggressive action. I think casting fear counts as aggressive action. No, it's blindness. Oh, sorry, blindness. I think casting blindness counts as an aggressive yeah, action. Yeah, I, I agree with you. So let's roll initiative. Five. And Darvin. Twenty-one. All right, Darvin. You see this dude rushing at you. You've got a moment here to act. Arnis sounds like he's spinning up a song, getting ready to do something. But you do have a moment here to do anything before anybody else. This dude's about 20 feet away now. I want to make him come to me. I don't want to go up to him. He's beneath me. You can take that defensive posture. So, so yeah, I'll I'll just take defensive posture then. And that means when he attacks, I can dodge or something, right? There there is a legit action called the defense action, and he will have disadvantage to try to hit you. (laughs) Got it. That's what Because you are so, like, you are doing nothing but preparing to avoid getting hit. Okay, got it. That's what I'm doing then. But before he can get to you, Arnus has a moment to act. I'm going to cast blindness on him. All right. What is that? Uh, I, mean, I know what blindness is. How do I respond to that? Constitution saving. He crits. Oh. He's running fast and low to the ground. He's actually got his head down just to build up speed. And he's bringing this table leg back like a baseball bat. And the wave of magical brightness flashes by him. And you hear an alto screech as it goes out. But he is not blinded. Um, he's still going to have disadvantage trying to hit Darvin, though, who's totally ready for this attack. So he brings his head up too late, and by the time he swings, he's a step past you, almost. And it just goes wild. And what would you like to do, Darvin? His friends are all just watching right now. The rest of the gang is just standing there waiting, because you look like travelers, and they think they can take you. I'm not going to flurry of blows yet. I'm also not going to sword. I, I might only because if you, if you just literally go four moves and kill this dude outright, the rest of the group might run. Away. I bet if you hit him hard enough to like knock him out in one round or to like beat him bad, everybody else will run. All right, fine. So Which sucks, but I, I bet it's what'll happen. So flurry then. All right. Are uh, you using your sword? I wasn't planning on it, but 
Okay. So no sword. Well, that's fine. I mean, you could still punch with your sword hand. Don't want to kill Yeah. All right, I'll do that then. I'll just punch him four times. Four unarmed attacks. Go ahead and roll one at a time here. I'm going non-lethal. I'm not Oh, yeah, yeah. Guy. Ooh, that's a crit fail. <laughs> and he swings the table around, and you just punch right into it. It doesn't hurt, but it definitely blocked the blow. Well, that's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. His friends all laugh at that. Ooh, that's, that's better. Fair. That's a 23. And what are you hitting him with? Fist. Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. <laughs> And although he stops one of your punches with a table leg, the other arm just comes in blindly, clocks him in the ear. Clocks his ear. That does seven damage. And he grabs the side of his head in pain, and he's kind of hopping around. Ah, mother! There's a lot more attacks. All right, now I'll go for the leg sweep. Let's get it. All right. 20. And you kick him right behind the knee. Roll damage. Six. And his legs buckle. And he falls hard onto the ground. There's a crack as his head hits the cobblestone. Uh-oh. And he's out cold. Oops. No, he's not dead. He's just out cold. Okay. Didn't mean that from the blast. No, I guess not. Oh, well. It's okay. I still got four more. And the rest of his buddies, the gang's just like, oh, oh, we're getting serious now, huh? And they all like, get their weapons prepped. There's something about how they tend to their friend and healing up or how they can all end up like that. It is your turn, Arnis. I do not like that Darvin just knocked this dude out real fast. Remember that your uh, your mocking attack thing is now 2d4s. Also, uh, also remember that magic cannot be non-lethal. Yeah. As that one poor teenager learned in like the second fucking quest ever. Yes. And you did have like 12 health. I don't know how much you hit him for, but it was like not much. It was, it was, yeah. I missed the first attack, the second dude hit. Yeah. But you do not have a lot of health. So, I want to give them a choice. Okay. Can I do that and still attack? It depends on what you want to do for your choice. Okay. Talk me through it and I'll let you know. What I want to say is, you can all tend to your friend and walk away or end up just like him. Okay, so you want to intimidate here. A little bit, yeah. Is the main threat behind this the unconscious dude on the ground at Darwin's feet right now? Or are you adding to this in any way? I'm not adding to it in any way. Like, the threat is, like, he already down. You can end up like he is, or... There is physical evidence. Yeah. Very well. Uh, Roll intimidation. 24. Because Darwin did beat the shit out of that guy really fast. (laughs) Yeah, he really did. (laughs) Bam, bam! What? (laughs) He didn't even use that fourth attack. No, he did not. He didn't even use the first one. <laughs> he used it. Ah, that was it got blocked, but he used it. <laughs> yeah. And they all pause for a moment and glance over at their friend on the ground at Darvin's feet. Darvin, do you still have your sword out? Yeah. And they're definitely eyeing that sword. This does look fancy. But they also don't want to get knocked out on the, in the alleyway. They all pause like 15 feet away. All right. Surely that guy knows what he's doing over there. Just, uh, I was going to say this. He doesn't want to lose face, but he is scared. He definitely rolled a six. Um, All right, all right, we'll take our friend. If you have any bandages or food, that would go a long way in hurrying us up. We're not in a hurry not to kick their asses, are we? Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Take your time, we're okay with that. Take your time, we'll wait. (laughs) 
dick right now. These guys are assholes. <laughs> no, it's fine. I mean, these guys are... Yeah. They're trying to rob us. I they're criminals, I, and like, they're trying to rob you, I but you guys are assholes. I don't really feel bad here. It's kind of fun outclassing someone for once. <laughs> <laughs> and they're all standing there very worriedly, and you can see just... Each of them slowly, like, trying to nudge the other forward, like, no, you go get him. No, you go get him. I'm not going up there. You go get him. Ernest, will you help me carry this? All right, all right. And they just start backing away down the alley. (laughs) They don't get their friend? I don't want to get close to Darwin. Let's, let's can carry we, him out. Can we for them. can we pick him up and like walk him like yeah, fifteen yeah. feet and then go back to the roll cart? Him. Roll him, just roll him with your feet. <laughs> no, we're not assholes. We do like, not want him to sustain. I mean, any we're sort of assholes, but we're right. But okay, yeah, we just want him to go away. We, we don't, don't. We like, don't want to hurt him anymore. Yeah. So Darwin and Aris, you pick up this passed out gang member and carry him towards. The end of the alleyway. Sorry. Yeah, they'll the, oh, go very far. The start like, of the alleyway. Like 15 feet from the And just, just put him down. Drop him? Like, toss him at these guys? What do you, like... Let's set him back down on okay. the ground. And then walk back to the cart. Right. Giving them a nice wide berth between them and us. Like, take your friend, it's fine. And after you get back to the cart, one of them, like, rushes up and grabs him by the ankles and drags him away. <laughs> off into the distance. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, they were no match for you guys. <laughs> That's kind of fun. <laughs> it was. I don't think, I think we've ever had a fight like that. Forgot how much I miss Karami. This place is awesome. Alright. Now then, Vale. And you said Jorian would know you as Kara as well. Oh, yeah. Wonderful. As you make your way through the city, you do pass by the Bard's Rest, your old place of employment, and you see a few people begging outside. The door has been patched with scrap wood in a couple of spots, and one of the windows has been boarded up. As much as I would like to stop and check in, and I do have a feeling of connection to the location of the proprietor, I've got too much on my plate to deal with that right now. That's fine. And as you're looking at it in remembrance, well, not in remembrance, that sounds like it's dead. Reminiscence? <laughs> yes, thank you. <laughs> as you're looking at it, reminiscing slightly, a young dirt-faced street urchin bumps into you and quickly whispers a message uh, to you in Thieves' Cops. Giving you a message, basically, that boils down to Jorion wants to meet with you. And I reply in a way to ask him where? The same spot, like oh, yeah. Jorion's cool. hideout. The, the location. Yeah, yeah, cool. Then I, I head straight there. Jorion had lookouts in place in case Four you ever wandered back into town. I think we established this is still on the west side of town, right? Yes. Perfect. Because Stone Pass is still a thing, and even more so now. But you approach Jorion's old hideout, where you've met with him probably dozens of times before to discuss work, the rain, other issues you may have had, and you are at his door. Cool. I um, whatever sort of knock or signal that I'm present, I do. So that way he would know that it is yeah. at least a guild member showing up. Yeah. And there's no response from the other side of the door. Uh, that's not... Um, I try the door. I mean, he didn't know you were coming back today. Yeah. Very well. You enter into his hideout. It is certainly not a large place. There's really only room in here for a few people comfortably, but the rest of it, there's uh, a lot of paperwork scattered around. Some of it is definitely like false flags, in case anybody just comes in here and they're like, oh, old letters to friends and recipes, random journal entries that are actually in no way at all connected to truths. Certainly he has things hidden around in here, some of which you might know about, some of which you definitely do not know about. Give Give me a perception check. That's a four. The hideout is no messier than usual. There are still things strewn about. The desk is covered in papers and letters and things. 
some of which are, again, bound to be false, some of which may actually be pertinent to guild work. There is no sign of Jorion in here at the moment. Uh, there's an investigation to see if I can figure out where he might be from his uh, Absolutely you can. 13. Okay. I'm just going to say it takes a little bit longer then, just because there's a finite amount of space and paperwork mm-hmm. here, and it's just a matter of you don't get to the piece of important information right away. You definitely pass by a few things like, oh, this is a letter about the weather, this is a report on, like, bears. Bears? Very boring stuff. Yeah. I saw a bear once in the woods, and uh, it was sleeping. I did not bother it, and I walked away. You're right. That is kind of boring for a report on bears. Mm-hmm. thought I'd better. Well, again, a lot of this stuff is just writing to have writing in place, and hopefully people stumble across enough boring things that they just give up. I see. But eventually you do come across... A very important piece of writing. And it is not in Dryan's own hand. And as you take your time investigating it, you can tell this is from someone higher up in the guild. Okay. This is actually from somebody outside of the city, from the main guild hall. Denouement Central. And this is a proposal to Dryan about establishing a more mm, permanent and visible seat for the guild. In Karami. In Karami. As you interpret it, I'm going to hand you this letter here. Um, because it is a secret to everybody but Jorion, and I have no idea if you want to share this with your friends or not. And um, this seems like a good day for a secret quest. Oh dear. It is written in Thieves' Comp. That letter is just written plainly. Jorion, <laughs> we have a special task for you. We intend to open a new denouement chapter in Karami with a fully staffed guild hall permission to select and train recruits, and full autonomy to accept and dispense jobs not directly ordered by the guild at large. We intend you to lead this chapter, but that decision is yours to make. But first, you must send a message proving to us that you are qualified and to the city that we are not to be trifled with. Eliminate Count Valence and leave no doubt that our guild is responsible. That demonstration of skill and the ensuing fear within the city shall prove that our faith is not misplaced. Signed, The Denouement. And with that, we'll bring this chapter to a close. But the story will always continue. Podcast art created by Vanessa Blockland. You can find more of her art on Facebook or at vanessablockland.com. Blockland spelled B L O K L A N D. Podcast music by Daryl Dibber Reconos. You can find more of his music at dibber.mo or at soundcloud.com slash dibbermusic. Dibber spelled D I B U R. Website design by Patrick Dunkerley over at dunkdesigns.com. Thank you for listening to this chapter in Seasons of Skyrend. If you like what you heard, please give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find us. If you want to chat, we're on Twitter at Skyrend Podcast, or you can email us at skyrendpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us online at skyrendpodcast.com.